want to give you a special welcome to day five of week eight, chapter 40 in our study of the book of Exodus. That means the last chapter of this book. That means you're completing your study of Exodus today, this study of how God sets us free. We've been looking all throughout this book at these principles, these powerful principles of freedom, that someone must trust God. A second principle, I must realize what I cannot do. A third principle, I must depend on what only God can do. A fourth principle, I must come face to face with my biggest obstacle. The principle, I must have faith that God has planned a way out. A principle, I must forgive those who have hurt me. And then a final principle, a principle we've been looking at in much of the last half of the book of Exodus. A principle of freedom is I must be faithful in the little things. Freedom is found in the great moments of life, of faith, but it's lived in the little things of life. I must be faithful in the little things. Freedom is accomplished at the Red Sea, but we've seen in the book of Exodus, then it is lived out in the desert, in the journey across the desert. And we've seen these principles, one after the other after the other, of how to be faithful in the little things. We've learned that nothing is too small for prayer. We've learned that to be faithful in the little things, I have to trust in God's care. I must follow God's command. If I'm going to be faithful in the little things, it means I don't carry the burden alone. I have to understand who I really am in Christ. That's what it means to be faithful in the little things. And with all that in mind, all this story of freedom, the book of Exodus ends. The book of Exodus ends with where all of history is heading. Exodus isn't just the story of the people of Israel. It's your story. It's the story of what God wants to do in your life, how he wants to set you free, but it's also the story of where God is headed in your life. The book of Exodus ends with the story of the glory of God. Listen to verses 34 to 38. Then the cloud covered the tent of meeting, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. And Moses was not able to enter the tent of meeting because the cloud had settled on it, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. And throughout all their journeys, whenever the cloud was taken up from over the tabernacle, the sons of Israel would set out. But if the cloud was not taken up, then they did not set out until the day that it was taken up. For throughout all their journeys, the cloud of the Lord was on the tabernacle by day, and there was fire in it by night in the sight of all of the house of Israel. That's how the book of Exodus ends, with the glory of God. Now that's appropriate because the glory of God fills the book of Exodus. We've seen it in every event all throughout this book. We saw a little boy put in a basket in the Nile River. And in that, we saw something of God's glory. In that event, we saw the hiddenness of God's glory. Who would know that in a little boy being put in a little basket, the glory of God was being accomplished? But it was. It was the plan of God. That was going to get Moses to Pharaoh's house, and Pharaoh's house was going to get Moses to a place where God could use him to set the people free going to spare his life to set the people free. Many times God's glory is seen in spectacular ways, ways that take your breath away. But there are also many times when God's glory is seen in hidden ways, in ways that unless you have spiritual insight, you do not see what God is doing. The glory of God fills the book of Exodus, the basket in the Nile, the hiddenness of God's glory. In the burning bush, you see the call of God's glory. That bush that was burning called Moses to come over and to take a closer look. And when he took a closer look out of that bush, God called Moses to set my people free. 
And Moses and God had this conversation, and Moses struggled, but God prevailed. The call of God's glory. When you get a hold of God's glory in your life, who God is, the weight of who God is, the significance of who God is, the eternity of who God is, when you begin to get even a taste of that, there is a call in that. There is a direction in that that causes you to go in a new, fresh way in your life. The burning bush, the call of God's glory. In the plagues that came across Egypt, we see the power of God's glory. Those powerful plagues, one after the other after the other, that became worse and worse and worse. They were an expression again and again and again that God is in control. The human beings in this story sometimes thought they were in control. They never were. God's in control. And then in the Red Sea, we're just walking through some of these major events in the book of Exodus and seeing together how they express the glory of God. In the Red Sea, you see the miracle of God's glory. God's glory works miracles. It worked the miracle of splitting that Red Sea so they could cross through on dry ground. It worked the miracle of bringing that sea back together so that their enemy was prevented from reaching them and destroying them. The miracle of God's glory. And you may think, I've never seen a miracle like that. And of course you have. You've seen the miracle of Jesus' birth into this world, the miracle of the cross, the miracle of the resurrection, the miracle of what that death and resurrection means in your life, the death of your sins, the resurrection of new life in you. You're a new creation in him. That's the miracle that God's working today. In the basket of the Nile, the hiddenness of God's glory, in the burning bush, the call of God's glory, in the plagues against Egypt, the power of God's glory. In the Red Sea, you see the miracle of God's glory. In the Ten Commandments, you see the direction of God's glory. God says, you want to experience and live out my glory? Here's what you do. And he gave them very clear directions, not just the Ten Commandments, but also the civil law and also the law that had to do with the sacrifice. God gave direction in their lives. When God's glory has come into your life, there is a call to it, an overall overarching call. This is what I'm going to be. This is who I'm going to be. But there's also a direction to it. This is where I put my feet today. This is the next step that I'm going to take. Some people never get that. They see the call of God's glory, but they never see the direction of it. It never makes a difference in their daily lives. Walking through the major events of the book of Exodus, seeing God's glory, you also see the manna. The manna expresses the compassion of God's glory. He cared for them day after day after day. The glory of God is that he loves you. The glory of God is that he cares about what you're going through today, cares for you in what you're going through today, will be with you in what you're going through today. And then there's the tabernacle. In both the tabernacle and in the priesthood and the priest's garments, we see the holiness of God's glory. God is with us, but he's also separate from us, different from us. He's above and apart from us, but also he has chosen to be present with us. The holiness of God's glory the compassion of God's glory, the direction of God's glory, the miracle, the power, the call, the hiddenness of God's glory. And all of these, we see what the book of Exodus is all about. We see where human history is headed, where your life is headed. So what about your life? What about God's glory in your life? You've never seen a burning bush across a Red Sea or eaten manna off of the ground. You have met Jesus, who is the glory of God. What happens in Exodus pictures the glory of God and expresses the glory of God. Jesus is the glory of God. And listen to what Jesus prayed. In John 17, 22 to 24, Jesus prayed 
the night before he died. I have given them, my followers, my disciples, I've given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one, I in them and you in me. May they be brought to complete unity to let the world know that you've sent me and have loved them even as you've loved me. Father, I want those you have given me to be with me where I am and to see my glory, the glory you have given me because you loved me before the creation of the world. Jesus prayed that you and I would experience God's glory in our lives because of who he is, and the world around us would see that by our love for each other. One of the ways God's glory is seen in our lives as believers is the way that we choose to love unlovely people. You may want God's glory to be something different than that, something more religious than that, but the truth is Jesus said God's glory is seen in our unity. That's how you know you've experienced it. But Jesus said, I not only want them to experience my glory, I want them to see it in its fullness. And so one day, I want them to be with me where I am, to experience my glory in all of eternity. That is the end point of history. That's where we're all headed. And that's the goal. That's the goal of everything. We've, we've talked about freedom all through the book of Exodus. The goal of your freedom, the goal of what God does in your life to set you free is the glory of God. Freedom brings you joy, but there's a higher goal to freedom than even your joy. The highest goal to freedom is the glory of God, that the world can see, that you can see, that eternity can see what God is really like. He is a God who sets us free. He's a God who sets you free. Your life, my life, as God sets us free day by day, day after day, it is an expression of the glory of God. And so, Father, we pray as we come to the end of this study that by your work, by your spirit, you would do a work in my heart to set me free, not just for my sake. Oh, I want the joy. I want the freedom. I want to enjoy it, but not just for my sake, but also for your glory so that people could see what only you can do. Lord, only you can set a person truly free. So I pray in my life that as I experience your freedom, that you would use that in the way that only you can to be an expression now and into all eternity, an expression of your glory. I pray this in Jesus' name, amen. And that ends together our study of the book of Exodus. I'm so glad you joined us for this study. I want to encourage you to go to drivetimedevotions.com and join in on another of the many, many studies of the books of the Bible that are there, or just stay with us for next week as we continue our studying through the Bible together in Drive Time Devotions. (music) 